You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Are you here this morning? <laughs> you may be seated. Glory, glory, glory. Mighty God. The Lord is good. Yeah, it's good to see you this wonderful winter morning, this godly hour. It's, uh, you know, for, for many years, I never used to be an early riser. Um, my brain usually works better at night. So because of that, most of the time, I work, I work into... Um, early hours of the morning. Sometimes when people are waking up, that's when I'm going to sleep. You get what I'm saying? But with time, God has been like adjusting my clock, my body clock, especially when I began to see some revelations and I began to see um, the power of the early morning. Midnight hours are strategic as well. Midnight hours are strategic. Early mornings are also strategic. You see, so, um, and because God used to visit Adam in the cool of the day, and the cool of the day is the, the, the um, it's between 3 and 6 in the morning. So I thought it would be better to meet God when he visits. Isn't it? Yeah. When God comes down to the earth, that's, that's when we meet with him. Obviously, you can meet with him at any time. But when he does the coming, how many people know it's different from when you do the going? Yeah. <laughs> so, these hours are actually spiritually very significant. Very significant. And uh, if you study your Bible, there are just too many evidences that confirm that. So, um, Yes, this, this army God is raising will be an army that knows how to meet with God. That know the presence of God, know how to carry His glory. And, uh, yeah. So, why did I get into that? That's not what I'm talking about. I want to talk about, uh, last, last, last week we were talking about... Um, what did we talk about? We're talking about strength. Isn't it? Yeah. What did we title it? Standing strong. That's right. Standing strong. Yes? It's important that you stand strong. But this morning I want to talk about what I call components of spiritual strength. Okay? Components of spiritual strength. It's important as the army of the Lord that we are strong. And for us to be strong, there are certain things you need to be aware of. You need to be made aware of certain um, vital principles. And if you don't understand this, you might struggle when we talk about strength. Obviously, this is not exhaustive, but I'm going to try to, to bring to your attention some of the things that um, are very clear to me at the moment. But before that, let's look at the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, verse 10. Proverbs 24, verse 10. You see, God is building us to be an army that will go out and plunder hell. We're supposed to go out and destroy the works of the enemy. We're supposed to, we are supposed to establish the kingdom of God here. And the kingdom of God is confrontive. The kingdom of God is confrontive in nature. Anytime you read your Bible, you study the Bible, you'll find out that the kingdom of God is not passive. 
In fact, the kingdom of God is proactive. It's proactive. It's not reactive. It's proactive. So there's a kind of strength you need to have within you if you are going to manifest the kingdom of God. There's a kind of strength. The Bible says if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. How many people know that we will face adversity? From time to time, life is full of adversity. Life is full of adversity and God is not surprised that you're facing adversity. But God, well, I won't say he's surprised. He's disappointed when you give up. He's disappointed when you give up. Why? Because of his investment in you. His investment in you. So when adversity comes, that is the time to draw from the strength that God has put in you. There are times that you even think you think you are so weak, but you don't you have no idea that even in that state of weakness, you are very strong. You are very strong. I'm telling you. And that will, um, that strength will come if you understand how to handle your weaknesses. If you understand how to manage your weakness. And if you understand how to draw from the strength of God. I believe. I believe that we already have more than enough strength. We have what it takes to win the battle. Do you understand? Yeah. You have more than enough. I'm telling you. You have more than enough. Do you know that you have more than Job had? Do you agree with me? You have more than Job had. You have more revelation. You have the word of God. Job didn't have the word, the written word. You have the written word. So you can open your Bible every day. Job didn't have a Bible to open. He didn't. But yet, in his day of adversity, he did not faint. He did not faint. So, do you know that Job will be very surprised with many people in our generation today? He'll be very surprised. He said, how, how can you give up with all this word you have? With all this revelation you have? You know that Job didn't have church to attend every week. Yeah, he didn't. But you do. He didn't have anointed teaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. There was no fivefold ministry during the time of Job, was there? There wasn't. But how did this guy survive? The kind of tragedies he faced. How did he? How did he go through all of that? He knew the secret that I'm about to share with you. Hallelujah. So when you are weak, always remember that God has no problem using the weak. Hello? Let's look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul makes a statement there in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians. Let's read verse 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 27. It says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world 
to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to do what? To put to shame the things which are mighty. Can you see that? He has what? Chosen the weak things. So in other words, even in your weakness, you are still chosen to deal with giants. How about that? In your weakness, if you will avail yourself, God can use you to demolish strongholds. God will use you to humiliate principalities. In your weakness. Hallelujah. Isn't that encouraging? Is it in your Bible? God has chosen the foolish things. When you feel foolish, God can still use you. When you don't have all the answers, God can still use you. How about that? Because some of us our faith is in our wisdom. And you don't know that that is weakness. Some of us, our faith is in our strength. That is weakness. I'm telling you. That is weakness. But if you will, if you will learn to manage your weakness, and to rely on God. And to give your weakness to God. And receive his strength. There's nothing you cannot do. There's nothing. You can be chosen even though you are weak. In fact, you are chosen in your weakness. That's a mystery. And that's what baffles the enemy. Because he can't understand how a weak person can be so effective in the hands of God. He can't understand. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. And if you look at the context of this, Paul is talking about how God has chosen us, even though we're not strong, we're not that smart, we're not the wisest. Amen? Isn't that encouraging? So, in my understanding one of the components of spiritual strength is weakness <laughs> do you get my point yeah one of the components of spiritual strength is weakness i know it sounds like an a contradiction but i can show you other scriptures to to to, to confirm what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Look at the book of... Uh, since we're in Corinthians, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Sorry, chapter 12. Where Paul was... Paul was seeking God concerning his weakness. You remember that passage? Yes. Chapter 12. He says, verse, verse, verse 7, he says, Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I, exalt, uh, lest I be exalted above measure. Then he says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, what? Look at that. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in what? 
weakness. Can you see that? So God's strength, part of, part of what God's strength needs to manifest is weakness. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So I'm weak, yes. But I'm strong. So Satan will want you to major on your weakness. But don't be caught up in that. Hallelujah. You are weak, but major on his strength. That's where you need God's grace. A lot of times when I wake up in the morning, I say, Lord, I receive grace for today. I receive strength for today. I tap from you the strength that is required to overcome everything that comes my way. Hallelujah. So there, I'm not putting my faith in my ability. I'm putting my faith in His grace. I'm putting my faith in His strength. So, and that is why... Because I have already spent time with God and I've received strength from Him, there's nothing that will defeat me in the course of the day. Because I've met with Him before daybreak. Hallelujah. I have met with Him before daybreak and I have received strength before daybreak. So by the time the day breaks, I dominate the day. I dominate the day. It's not that I don't face adversity, but I have more than enough to conquer every adversity. That's why I like the early morning. Hallelujah. So every morning you wake up before, before the sun rises and you connect with him. Receive strength for the day. There's enough trouble in every day. That's what Jesus told us. But guess what? There's more than enough strength for every trouble. So that is why I say one of the components of spiritual strength is weakness. <laughs> amazing, amazing, amazing. Are you convinced or should I give you more? You are convinced. Oh, you want more? You are not convinced enough. Okay, let me give you one more scripture. Psalm 8. Let's look at Psalm 8. Oh, look at what the psalmist is saying. Oh, Lord. Our Lord, how excellent your, your name in all the earth. His name is excellent. Who have set your glory above the heavens. Look at verse 2. Can you see that? Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have what? Ordained strength. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants. He has ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants. Is that not weak? Huh? Is that not weak? But where is the strength there? How can a nursing infant be used to silence the enemy? How many people are stronger than a nursing infant? You are stronger than a nursing infant, so your weakness is not weaker than a nursing infant. 
Am I correct? So, <laughs> you want to walk in spiritual strength, learn to manage your weakness. Learn to manage your weakness. Yeah, because out of your weakness, strength will come out. If you will give it to God, if you will meet with God, if you will encounter God, hallelujah, you come out strong. I'm telling you, you come out strong. What was it that made Moses to become as powerful? You know how weak he was. Correct? But this guy took out a whole empire. A whole Egypt, the superpower of the day, is like you bringing down America. Yeah, that's what it means. Because Egypt was the superpower of the day. Pharaoh was like a god. He was so powerful. He had magicians that could perform signs and wonders. And then God now calls this feeble Moses who is so insecure. Hmm? God says, go and tell Pharaoh. He said, I, am, I cannot speak. I am not eloquent. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. Until God got angry and gave him Aaron. Aaron was a compromise. God wanted to display his power through the weakness of Moses. Yeah. He wanted, it would have been a greater humiliation to Pharaoh. If Moses went in his weakness. Hallelujah. So when God chooses you, he doesn't choose you because you are strong. It's not because you are strong. He didn't choose you because you are smart. No. It's because he has sinned. He can demonstrate his strength. He can demonstrate his power. And you know that God used Moses to glorify his name in a way that up till now, for generations, for eternity, we'll still be talking about what God did through Moses. Am I correct? Hallelujah. So, weakness, in my understanding, is one of the components <laughs> of spiritual strength. In other words, if you know how to manage your weakness, you can be the most formidable person. The most dangerous person to the enemy. If you know how to manage your weakness, I'm telling you. If you will not focus on your weakness, if you will make sure you meet with God, Moses met with him. At the burning bush. And that changed the equation. That changed the equation. If you will meet with him. Despite your strength. The equation can change. Jacob met with him. At Peniel. It changed the equation. Hallelujah. Esau was coming. Esau was going to kill his brother. For years, Esau had been nursing this hatred. And he's going to wipe out Jacob. And now he has the opportunity. The father is dead. There's nobody around. He has the opportunity. But guess what? Jacob met him. Before the break of day. He met him. And his weakness was transformed into strength. A trickster became a prince. That's a transformation. 
How can you just wake up and become a prince? You, it doesn't just happen. But you see, when you meet him, things change. Hallelujah. And that's why we need to press in to meet him. Meet him face to face. Meet him face to face. Jacob said, he said, I have met with God. He called the place Peniel. He says, because I have met with God face to face and my life is preserved. Just meeting God changes the equation. So the reason why your weakness is defeating you is because you are not meeting with God. You need to meet Him. Because you can meet with everybody. Meet with a president, meet with anybody. That doesn't make you strong. Doesn't make you strong. But when you meet with God, I'm telling you, changes the whole equation. Many people are struggling because they will not make time to meet with God. That's why their weakness is defeating them. You know how I manage my weakness? I meet with him. I have a lot more weaknesses than most of you here. But I manage it by meeting with him. Because I know myself. I cannot do it on my own. I'm not as smart. I'm not as strong. Hallelujah. But my strength, the secret of my strength is meeting with him. It's meeting with him. So I make time to meet with him. You need to make time to meet with him. Can you see the scripture there? Genesis 32, 30. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. So by daybreak, he meets Esau. But he has already met God. So if you meet God before you meet your challenge, can you see? You, you, you are sorted. The problem is that we meet the challenge first. That is where we get defeated. If you meet God first, I'm telling you, if you meet God first, there's nothing. Satan himself can come. You will defeat him. But many of us think that we will make it by our hard work alone. The race is not to the swift. The battle is not even to the strong. That's what the Bible says. The battle is not to the strong. When you feel strong, you need to be afraid. Because you are, you are now beginning to put confidence in your strength. And I'm telling you, your strength will fail you. Huh? Yeah. They that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. Yeah. So we don't wait on him. You don't make time to meet him, to wait on him. Then you are surprised that you're defeated. Why should you be surprised? Isn't it normal? The devil has been around for billions of years. He has more experience than you. He, has, he, he is more crafty than you can even imagine. Yeah. Even Jesus met with the Father before Satan came. Amen. Yeah. He was driven into the wilderness. He was led into the wilderness. Fasting for 40 days. By the time Satan came, he has already met with the Father. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is it surprising that he defeated the enemy? So that is how to manage your weakness. Connect with him. Meet with him. Seek his face. Seek his face. You want a godfather 
You are the Heavenly Father. He will help you. Seek Him first. Meet Him first. And your life will be preserved. Your life will be preserved. Nothing will defeat you. You become indomitable. Because you've met Him. Amen? Should I give you another component? <laughs> yeah, weakness is one of the components of spiritual strength. Some things are quite obvious. But let me, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy 11. Verse, verse 8. Deuteronomy 11 verse 8, it says, Therefore, you shall keep every commandment that I command you today, that you may be what? Come on. You may, he wants, he's, he's saying you shall keep every commandment which I command you today, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess. So you see, the key to one of the components of spiritual strength is obedience. In other words, disobedience makes you weak. Disobedience makes you weak. You don't know that. The moment you disobey, Satan knows you can't, you can't stand it. And that's why before he comes to you, he will try to get you to disobey. Hmm? He will get you to disobey first. Why? He knows if you obey God, you become strong. One of the components of spiritual strength is obedience. So you want to see someone that is spiritually strong, you will see someone that is living a life of obedience. Just check your life and see the times that Satan defeated you. Number one, you will see that you did not meet with God. Most likely not. Number two, you had disobeyed before you got defeated. So in this, this last day army that God is preparing us as an army... We cannot walk in disobedience. Because if we walk in disobedience, we are already defeating ourselves. It's like scoring an own goal. And you know what that means. Some fans can kill you <laughs> for scoring an own goal. Especially at a, in a crucial match. I remember years ago, one Colombian, what, what was it? Where was, who was that again? He scored an own goal. When he got back home after that walk up, they, they killed him. <laughs> he got killed. His own countrymen killed him. So you don't joke with some fans. <laughs> yeah. So when you disobey, you are scoring an own goal. Just think about that. When you disobey God, you are weakening your team. You are weakening your team. And we should take you out and discipline you properly. <laughs> no, I'm serious. There are several examples to confirm that. Remember the case of Achan. Joshua, huh? when they went to Ai, after they had conquered Jericho, they thought, wow, this Ai is just a small place. We just go there. When they went, they were defeated by the enemy. What is that? They, Achan had scored an own goal. 
So the army was weakened. And because of that, they fled. They fled against the... I mean, they fled from the enemy. They fled from the enemy. And Joshua was crying before God. He, he, he went and he cried. He cried before God. And God told him why they got defeated. Hmm? Look at chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7 verse 1. It says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Kami, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took the accursed things. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. He took the accursed thing. God had told them, in Jericho, as we, as we defeat these people, no one takes anything. No one takes anything. But Achan decided to disobey. Yes. Next verse. Look. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, the, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up, spy out the country, so that the men went up and spied out Ai. Go down to where they, they were defeated. Uh, okay. All right. So they returned uh, uh, and said to Joshua, Do not let all the people go. But let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people. Huh? It says, so about three thousand men went up. Uh, they went up there from the people. But they fled before the men of Ai. Can you imagine? And the men of Ai struck down about thirty-six men. For they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim. And struck them down on the descent. Therefore the hearts of the people melted. And became like water. That's what happens when you disobey. Your heart melts. You become like water. <laughs> then Joshua tore his clothes. Fell to the earth on his face. Before the ark of the Lord. Until evening. And he and the elders of Israel. And they put dust on their heads. Hey. They are crying. Lamenting. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord my God, why have you brought these people over to Jordan at, at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Huh? Oh Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? Can you see? When the army of the Lord has become so weak that they cannot face their enemies. They are running away from their enemies. How can we be so weak? We that have the captain of the host. Can you imagine? Joshua had met the Lord face to face. In chapter 6, he met the Lord face to face. And he had received strength from that encounter. That's what he used to take Jericho. And now this little place. Look at what is happening to them. Huh? Next verse. Look at it. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? He said, Lord, how can you do this? Your great name is at stake here. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? I like the Lord. <laughs> and he says, Israel has sinned. Ah, I thought it was one person. Ah, isn't it Achan? It's one person that did it. But who is suffering for it? The whole nation. Israel has sinned. And they have transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. How many of them did it? Why is God saying they? You see how spiritual things are? Hmm? He says, 
For they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived. Can you see? And they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. Can you see why the enemy defeats us? Yeah. So a component of spiritual strength is obedience. I'm telling you. He says because they have become doomed to destruction. That's what disobedience does. Neither will I be with you anymore. Can you imagine? This is covenant people. These are people God delivered from. Look at how he judged Egypt. How he destroyed Pharaoh. How he destroyed just, just because because of one man's disobedience. Ha. Somebody says, oh, God is not fair. Yeah, God is not fair. He's not supposed to be fair. He's just. Hallelujah. He's just. There are principles that govern his operation. He doesn't just do things by sentiment. He's governed by his word. He says, neither will I be with you anymore. Even you, Joshua. Is he not the one that in chapter 1, he says, I will be with you. As I was with Moses. Huh? Nobody will be able to stand before you. Is it not the same God that said that to him? Now what is happening? What is happening to the promise that God made to him in chapter 1? You see that brings us to the point where I said God's promises are conditional. Most of his promises are conditional. Say, unless you destroy the accursed from among you, I will not be with you. Joshua, no, this is not, this defeat is not permanent. There is future defeat if you don't deal with this. <laughs> future defeat, God's covenant people. Amazing, right? Incredible. Look at verse 13. Let's read quickly. So he says, get up, sanctify the people. And say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, because thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. Right? Let's read on. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes. Everyone. According to your tribes. Some scholars believe that there are about 3 million people. So you can imagine the process. <laughs> and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to families. And the family which the Lord takes shall come by households. And the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man. Selection process. <laughs> It is serious. Everything. They put a system in place to root out the accursed thing. To get rid of disobedience. Or else, the nation is finished. <laughs> okay, let's read on. Then what? Then it shall be... That he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire. Yay. <laughs> he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. Huh? Imagine this announcement. Imagine the announcement. We now come and say, the reason why this church were struggling like this and the enemy, we've not been able to defeat the enemy, is that there is an accursed thing. Every member come to church, we are going to go through a process and we are going to identify who that person is. And whoever it is we identify is going to be set on fire. Everybody, assemble yourselves. 
How many people will show up? Come on, you. <laughs> huh? You will come to church, right? Early in the morning, you'll be there. <laughs> but these guys had no escape. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. Hallelujah. He was taken, and he brought the um, he brought the clan of Judah and took the family of Zahite. And he brought the family of the Zahites, a man, man by man, and Zabdi was taken. That's his. <laughs> then he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Kami, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zarah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. They got him. They caught the culprit. And you better thank God for grace today. Because you will just come to church one day and we'll say, we announce, okay, ushers, lock the doors. <laughs> we have to, everybody, you have to pass through. Yeah, and as you pass, we have the, 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 the Turim and Umin. As you pass, is it this person? Yes or no? No. Okay, you go. Is it this one? Yes or no? No. Eventually, they got this man. Hey, what happens? Look at him. Let's read quickly. Now Joshua said to Achan, My son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And this is what I have done. Huh? Why didn't you just own up before now? Hey, people are the same. He says, When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. And there they are, hidden in the earth, in the midst of my tent, with the silver under it. Hmm? So Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent. And there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zarah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkey, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them to the valley of Akko. Hmm? <laughs> then Joshua said, why have you troubled us? Can you imagine we did that? We now do selection and we pick you. Why have you troubled us? Why have you harassed us? Huh? By disobeying God. Look at what we've gone through because of you. <laughs> so, all Israel stoned him with stones. Hey! And they burned them with fire. After they had stoned them with stones. So, all of them. Everybody. The whole nation is... Throwing stones. Huh? At least 600,000 men. Throwing stones. Poof! Yeah, we suffered because of you. Die in the name of the Lord. Die in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Die! <laughs> they, they killed the donkey. They killed the oxen. They killed the son. They killed the daughter. They killed the wife. They ki huh? And after they died, that was not enough. They set them on fire. <laughs> oh, then they raised over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Akko to this day. 
Disobedience is costing us more than we think. That's just the point. Yes? Nobody's going to kill you. But it's costly. It's costly. It will cost you your spiritual strength. It will cost you your spiritual stamina. It will cost your family. I'm telling you, it will cost your family. Your family can be defeated because of your disobedience. Your children can suffer because of your disobedience. Your wife can suffer because of your disobedience. Huh? Your oxen can suffer because of your disobedience. Your oxen. Huh? That, is, that is your livelihood. Your source of livelihood. Your career can suffer because of your disobedience. Amen? Your car can suffer because of your disobedience. Hallelujah. So, what am I saying? I've only given you two components. What is the first one? Weakness. Weakness. If you manage your weakness very well, it's a tremendous opportunity to manifest strength. But obedience is a vital component when it comes to spiritual strength. Amen? Your business should not suffer because you are disobedient. We want to flourish. Am I correct? You want to be able to stand, face the enemy and deal with him. You have the strength. Why? Because you are walking in obedience. And if you do something wrong, quickly, 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 repent. What did I say? Quickly. Yeah. But you see, what the enemy does is that he will make you to run away from God when you are in disobedience. Why? So that he can take you out. That's what he does. So, with these few words, <laughs> I hope <laughs> I have managed to convince you of the importance of managing your weakness, your weaknesses, and walking a life of obedience. We must be obedient. It, there is no option. There is no option. Any gospel that does not encourage obedience is from hell. I don't care how it sounds. How good it sounds. It is not from God. Hallelujah. Because even the Great Commission, in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, Part of our discipleship mandate has to do with teaching people to obey. Amen? Let's put it there. Matthew 28. We'll close with that. Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19. Go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, he says, teaching them to what? To observe all the command, all the things that I have commanded you. Teaching them to observe. What does that mean? They should just be looking at it. I'm sure there's another version that talks about obedience. Let's see, what version is that? That's right, NIV. Teaching them to what? Obey everything I have commanded you. Teaching them to obey is part of the Great Commission. Obedience is a vital component. So if we don't teach, and if we don't teach people, if as we disciple, as we reach the lost, if we don't teach them to obey the Lord, we are raising weak disciples. 
weak disciples that will be defeated. They will be defeated. It says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Can you see? When you are in obedience, he is with you. Remember what we read in, in, in Joshua. Because of disobedience, God says, I'm not with you. I will not be with you. You cannot stand against your enemy. I will not go with you. Why? Because of disobedience. But when you are in obedience, he will be with you. Let's stand up. I want you to pray. Hallelujah. I believe that God is, is bringing this word to us because he wants us to be very strong. He wants us to be formidable. Hallelujah. He wants us to be indefeatable. How would you like that? Wherever you go, you conquer. It doesn't matter. The whole of hell comes against you. And you just need to show up. And they begin to bow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We bless your name. Thank you, Lord, for your strength that is made perfect in our weakness. Thank you, Lord, that you did not wait for us to be strong before you called us. You did not wait for us to be strong before you anointed us. You did not wait for us to be strong before you began to use us, oh God. Even in our weaknesses, you are using us. We want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for choosing us. Choosing us, not because we are wise. Choosing us, oh God, not because we are the most able. But Lord, you have enabled us. You have equipped us. You have empowered us. Oh God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We bless your name. I thank you, Father, because you are doing a work, a great work in our lives. You are doing a great work in our hearts, oh God. You are doing a great work in this church. You are transforming this church into a formidable force that will transform this land. That will be part of, part of the army that you will use to shake this nation. To manifest your power. To manifest your glory. To manifest your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We will not faint in the days of adversity. We will not faint. We will go from strength to strength. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we will meet with you face to face and our life will be preserved. We will meet with you and we will be strengthened. We will meet with you and we will be empowered. Empowered by you. Empowered by your, your, your presence. Empowered by your glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We will raise strong disciples, oh God. Strong leaders, oh God. We will not be intimidated by the enemy. We will not be intimidated. We will not be intimidated by challenges, oh God. Oh Lord, adversity will not intimidate us. Why? Because we have met with you. Because we have met with you. Even this morning, oh God, I speak over this day, oh God, in the name of Jesus for your people. Oh my Lord, strength that is needed. The strength that is needed. Lord, let it be released right now. To overcome every situation. To overcome every challenge. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I bless your name. I bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I give you glory. I give you praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you have been suffering from weakness, especially in your prayer life, in your devotional life, I believe that it's a satanic attack. If your prayer life, you find your prayer life is weak, you find that it's, it's a struggle for you. It's an attack from the enemy. And I want you to attack him right now. Amen? Every power that is sent to attack your relationship with God is sent to weaken you at the very source of your strength so that he can take you out. One of the things I found out in my life for many years is that whenever... My prayer life is weak. 
spiritual attacks come. But before the attacks come, I find out that I am weakened in my prayer life. I have seen that. So because of that, I fight. I do all I can to ensure that whatever happens, I'm not weak in that area. I develop strength. I tap all the grace I need. Hallelujah. I do all I can. Sometimes I would fast. Sometimes I will take some radical steps just to make myself strong in that area. Because that is my number one source of strength. is my connection with Him. So I want us to release spiritual bombs, <laughs> spiritual missiles against any force, every satanic uh, operation that continues to weaken your prayer life, that continues to weaken your connectivity with the Lord. Come on, let's begin to pray. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I come against every power. I come against every spirit. I come against every maneuver, every satanic maneuver, anything that is designed to weaken my prayer life, to weaken my, my, my devotion to you. I come against them right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I release your fire. I release your fire in the name of Jesus over every power in the name of Jesus. Every power that is designed, that is orchestrated, oh God, against my prayer life, I come against them right now in the name of Jesus. Every demonic power, every spirit of slumber, every spirit, in the name of Jesus, can they metoposuta baha in kapate peke selibe tuste milabaha in kaleme tustehe en ketis kete limbe tepe sundabataha kaleme lebe tustaha. In the name of Jesus, I release the fire of God. I release the fire of God right now. The judgments of God against every spirit, every demonic power, every demonic oppression, every manifestation that is coming in through my flesh. In the name of Jesus, I cut them off right now. I cut them off right now. I cut them off right now. In the name of Jesus. Mighty God, we thank you, Father. We give you glory. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Sometimes the enemy will use your flesh. He, you know, when he... Uh, when he was in Gethsemane, he called the disciples, Matthew, Mark, uh, sorry, uh, Peter, James, and John. He took them to pray with him. But they were sleeping. They were sleeping. He, he, he later on, I mean, three times, he prayed for three hours. He'll pray for one hour, go back, they're sleeping. He wakes them up, he goes to pray, comes back, they're sleeping. He, he says, the spirit is willing. But what? The flesh is weak. You are going to command your flesh to be made willing. Hallelujah. Yeah, your spirit is willing. Your flesh needs to be made willing. It needs to be compelled to do the will of God. Because your flesh is supposed to be a servant, not a master. Hallelujah. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I speak to every flesh. To our flesh right now. In the name of Jesus, I compel my flesh to be made willing. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Even when it doesn't want. In the name of Jesus, I come against every spirit of slumber that is working in my flesh to hinder me, to stop me. In the name of Jesus, I come against that right now. In the name of Jesus. Mighty God. In the name of Jesus. Mustapaha. Some 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, sometimes the enemy also uses people around you to discourage you. I'm telling you, if you have not experienced it, you have not started. <laughs> but he uses people around you to discourage you sometimes. You know, sometimes you really want to. But then something will happen. And these people, they don't even know that the enemy is using them. Do you understand? It's like when Jesus was telling them about going to the cross, Peter took him aside and said, no, far be it from you. Lord, why should you go to... You're not going to die. How can you die? But that was God's will. So I want you to pray. Lord, help me to discern. Even from my sphere of influence, if there's anyone that Satan is going to use to punch your prayer life, you need to see. You need to be able to see quickly. They say, no, 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 no. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, you are not going to help you are not going to weaken me. You are not going to weaken me in this area. But you need to be aware. Why did Jesus rebuke Peter? And he didn't listen to Peter because he was aware. But you know, Jesus could have said, wow, Peter, yeah, that's a good idea. And he would have just accepted it. Then he would have missed God. But we don't want to miss God. Hallelujah. So let's ask for discernment. Let's ask that God will open our eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you, you will open our eyes. Show us, oh God. Oh, Father, even in our sphere of influence, oh God, there are people that will be innocently used by the enemy to stop us, to weaken us, help us to recognize that, help us to be able to see clearly in the name of Jesus. Mighty God. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Glory, glory. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I bless you. You're making us strong. We receive strength. Even as we have come to meet with you this morning, we receive strength. In the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what we come against. We know we have already defeated them in the name of Jesus. This is the, the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith, our faith in you enables us to defeat them. Oh God, thank you, Father. Even our weaknesses we place into your hands right now. Take our weaknesses and give us your strength. We exchange our weaknesses for your strength in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Because you are making a strong army out of us. I bless your name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. We've come to the end of our service. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.